Hello, and welcome to another edition of Blue Marble Podcast, where we talk about ways to put your green faith into action and to manifest good magic for the planet. Uh, as always, I want to give a big shout out to all you eco-warriors out there who work to save our mother, this blue marble planet, with all its wonderful diversity and biodiversity. Thank you to all of you out there who are standing up, who are speaking truth to power, who are calling for bold action, who are defending and protecting our sacred earth and the most vulnerable communities among us, both human and non-human. I'm your host, Reverend Charbert with Circle Sanctuary, and I hope this podcast continues to educate and to motivate. So today we are talking about how to break free from plastic. Oh my God, that sounds impossible because plastic is everywhere now everywhere in 70 years it's become everything everywhere but as prince william just said at the 2022 earthshot awards we are here to make the impossible possible and within this next critical decade to repair the damage that we have done to our planet now as someone who aligns with druidry and with eco-feminist wicca i feel compelled to act just no question about it, the amount of single-use plastic pollution in our world today is truly dismal. And it would be easy to feel overwhelmed by the size of this challenge, but we cannot sit back and allow that to happen, period. In this episode, I'm going to do a rundown of plastic pollution reality today, the life cycle of traditional plastics, plastic alternatives, cool initiatives happening now that you can support, and highlights of the break free from plastic movement that you can also support to turn the tide on plastics for good. Now, in recent years, shocking reports about the amount of plastic production amassed in our landfills and in our oceans have been appearing more frequently. I know we've all seen them. And our mistreatment and our mismanagement of this material has made it one of the biggest environmental problems facing the planet today. Now, brace yourself, because here's the hard part to hear. Just Bear with me, it's not the total picture. Earth.org reported this year, and, and I'm talking about 2022 at the time of the first airing of this podcast. In 2022, millions of tons of plastic waste are dumped every year, a majority of which makes its way into the oceans, harming wildlife and ecosystems in the process. And let this sink in, 91% of all plastic that has ever been made is not recycled. Now we can reverse our global plastic production and consumption. We can reverse the damage we're causing, but make no mistake about it. It will take critical mass action now to make that happen. It's gonna require big energy and we've got it. We just have to choose to do it. Plastic was first produced as a commercial product way back in 1907, but with very limited use. We haven't had mass production of plastic until 1952, smack dab in the middle of the Korean War. And since then, annual production of plastic has increased nearly 200 fold. Grasp that. Today, we produce as much plastic as two thirds of humanity's total mass. I, I can't even fathom these numbers, but imagine eight billion people, the total mass of that, and then imagine two-thirds of that mass. That's how much plastic we're producing. As we speak, we're generating about 300 million tons of plastic waste each year. 
60% of which ends up in landfills or our natural environment. So yikes. And the myth of plastic recycling, oh, that was pretty much busted a few years ago when countries to whom we'd been shipping our plastic waste said, yeah, no, we're not doing it anymore. And you know what? It's not really happening anyway. Not like the industry led you to believe. So all of us for years who've been nicely cleaning and sorting and looking at recycle bins and all of that, we've been duped. And at least 8 million tons of plastics end up in ocean waters every single year. It is estimated that roughly 40% of the ocean's surface is now covered in plastic debris. And if our plastic consumption and behavior continues, scientists warn that there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean as soon as 2030. So, okay, anybody who cares about nature can't sit this one out. A 2020 report this year found that should no action be taken, plastic pollution is set to grow to 29 million metric tons per year in less than 20 years from now. I, I can't even fathom these numbers. But what I do know is that when I go to the shores of my beloved Monterey Bay, where I live, on the traditional lands of the coastal Ohlone Rumsen and the Ohlone Eslin tribes, I sing to the whales that breach. I sing to the dolphins that crest the waves and huge schools. I sing to the otter kin and the pelicans and the sea lion kin with whom I have a deep spiritual connection. I sing to my journey companion, Peregrine, and to harbor seal. I sing to great white shark and to migrating sunfish. These are my ocean kin. They have more and more each year been beached, strangled, stranded, entangled by, you guessed it, our plastic pollution waste. And this is a marine sanctuary. We have never seen more whale entanglement sightings between here in San Francisco Bay than we have this past year. And the amount of care, resources, time people spend working to disentangle marine mammals from plastics, which are mostly lost or abandoned or discarded ghost fishing equipment, heavily reliant on plastic. It's heartwarming, but it's also heartbreaking because it shouldn't have to be happening. If this is not a prison made by our own hands, then I don't know what is. It's time to get to work freeing Gaia from this. Other fun facts, sorry, gotta share these and then I'm done. One, humans are ingesting, that's right, eating about five grams of plastic every week. So when larger plastic debris breaks down into smaller particles, you know, hard to detect with the human eye, then we get microplastics that move up the food chain. People are eating the equivalent of about one half a rice bowl of microplastics every week. And that's about a full dinner plate per year or about 44 pounds of microplastic in your lifetime. That's a really, really big dog food bag plus some. So recently microplastics were, de were detected in unborn fetuses, which is, it, wow, okay. <laughs> Second fun fact, plastic production is a big contributor to global warming due to greenhouse gas emissions. In the United States, plastic production is currently responsible for 232 million metric tons of greenhouse gases every year, and the production will outpace coal plants in the country by 2030, according to a 2021 report. What's more, to produce plastic food packaging and drink bottles, gases need to be fracked from the ground, they need to be transported, they're processed industrially, processes which contribute millions of tons of greenhouse gas emissions, particularly methane, 
which is considered to be 25 times as potent as carbon dioxide. Third fun fact, and the last one here, is that the COVID-19 pandemic added another 25,900 25, tons of plastic pollution into the ocean. Um, and that equals like 2,000 double-decker buses of plastic waste from masks and sanitizer bottles, not disposed of properly or couldn't be recycled, not biodegradable. But here's the thing. Scientists also tell us it is possible to slash 80% of our plastic pollution by reducing the growth of virgin plastic production, improving waste collection systems, and investing in recyclable plastics. 80% fewer sightings of the marine animals I love being entangled, strangled, or trapped by plastic is worth it to me. 80% fewer ocean kin getting caught up in plastic nets while traveling for food or being starved to death is dang well worth it to me. 80% less plastic being confused for food by sea animals is worth it to me. 80% less microplastic showing up in our cells and in the cells of every living creature is worth it to me. Not even a question. So is the situation hopeless? No. Is 80% good enough? No but it's a kickstart to an earth shot. And we've got to take this earth shot. It's urgent, but not hopeless. I love the saying, stop doom scrolling already and take action, you'll feel better. So I'm gonna talk about what actions you can take in the personal consumer choices that you can make and also in supporting um, key initiatives, plus a break free from plastic movement you can join. Build your hermetic energy in creating a whopping spell or series of spells that grow energy with bigger intention, bigger vision, bigger choices, bigger commitments, and bigger impact. Start with your lifestyle crafting choices and then add your advocacy choices and then your green faith-based activism that manifests your magical workings through some critical mass activism and results. So personal choices that need your focus. In our religious practice, a primary principle is do no harm, harm no one, non-maleficence. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that again, non-maleficence. It's not surprising to me that the harm we have been doing with plastic pollution is now coming back to us three times over, only it's mostly other creature kin first and now finally catching up with us too. So building the first layer of energy is making personal choices to reduce plastic consumption in the home. And here are some of the worst single-use plastics and their eco-friendly alternatives recommended by the uh, World Wildlife Federation. About 30% of all plastic produces single-use plastic. Um, that does not biodegrade. It's convenient forever pollution. It's freaking everywhere. And the insidiousness of the industry that uh, has made you believe you cannot live without it. Like, what did we ever do before you had single-use plastic? Anybody who's trying to honor their spiritual heritage in some indigenous or pre-colonized form of paganism has to know that our ancestors did not use single-use plastic, and they managed just fine. So take a tip from your heritage. Ditch the single-use plastic now and do not go back. It lasts forever, and it's not a legacy you want. Number one, big item, plastic straws. The world last year used billions upon billions of plastic straws. Yeah, they really do matter. Yeah, it's a thing. 
They're lightweight. So once they're dropped or discarded, plastic straws easily blow into the waterways. And guess what? They enter our oceans. Once in our oceans, they're extremely dangerous for our marine wildlife, easy to choke on. They have been uh, instances we've all seen where sea turtles have had plastic straws lodged painfully in their nostrils. You know, that's just one example. Alternatives that are easy, if you can, go straw-free. You don't need to suck up a beverage through a tube, if you can. Or try stainless steel straws, bamboo straws. There are pasta straws and rice straws now. For those that like the flexibility of plastic straws, there are other eco-friendly alternatives, including paper straws. Hey, Costco now has given out paper straws, reusable silicon straws, and compostable plant-based straws. So look for them. Ask for them. If Starbucks, Costco, and Disney World can switch to paper straws, so can you. I never accept a drink order with the straw anymore. And I carry a steel straw with me that is easily cleaned and tucks right into my purse or bag. It's really easy. Um, working in palliative care with patients, there are times when people virtually cannot uh, eat food and need to use a soft diet or liquid diet. And so these are alternatives that can be afforded to them as well um, to help them uh, consume uh, liquid diets without using a plastic straw. Another big one, plastic drink stirrers. You know, those cute little accessories for cocktails, barista drinks, party favors, but most are used only once and quickly become amassed as forever plastic trash along our beaches and in our oceans. Alternatives, reusable glass or bamboo stirrers or spoons, or try a stick of celery, a carrot, or a cucumber. Why not go herbal and try a stick of rosemary? Heck, go through your home apothecary and get creative. I mean, but ditch the plastic twig. Helium balloons and mylar balloons, these are horrendous. And what does go up does come down eventually. Balloons forever, they've been popular for celebrations, but helium and mylar balloons are one of the highest risk plastic debris items for seabirds. And many balloons labeled as biodegradable just aren't. So alternatives are plan a planet-friendly party and skip the balloons. The tradition of uh, pinatas is made out of recyclable or biodegradable materials and makes for a fun game with treats inside, kind of gives a balloon burst effect. Um, opt for more eco-friendly decoration options like paper lanterns, make sure they're fire marshal approved uh, if you're going to have any fire element with them. Um, you can use recycled bunting, uh, DIY, DIY bubble blowers and, and flowers, you know, uh, look, to, look to some cultural party alternatives, multicultural alternatives that don't use uh, mylar or balloons and, and get all kinds of creative ideas about beautiful party decorations. Plastic cotton earbuds for cleaning your ears. Who even knew? I mean, something you don't even think about. It's so easy to take for granted, but it's a killer in the environment. Over 1.5 billion cotton buds are produced every day, and most of these end up in our oceans. Once the cotton tip is dissolved, you have the small rigid plastic tube that gets ingested by birds, fish, marine wildlife. They never go away. Alternatives, better for your ear health, by the way, include fluid ear washes, bamboo cotton buds, organic cotton makeup pads, 
or a reusable silicon swab like the last swab, which comes in two designs, one for swabbing your ears and one for makeup. Coffee cups and lids. We use almost 2 billion coffee cups every year and the ones lined with plastic, you know, and over 1.5 billion plastic coffee lids each year. Most of these end up in landfill. They are not compostable or recyclable, no matter what the little symbols on the back are showing. Those little symbols indicate a category of recycling. They are not an indication of the product you're throwing in the bin actually being recycled. So alternatives, reusable cups, mugs from porcelain to metal, I mean, there's so many reusable coffee cups and mugs now being made that are washable, they're portable, they're attractive, so many different designs. Coffee thermoses are also making a comeback. Plastic cutlery. Fast food has really amplified the use of single-use bags, containers, and cutlery. But that culture is changing with companies who feel your consumer pressure. Cutlery often comes with the uh, meal and takeout, but you don't have to accept it. I decline any cutlery included. Plastic cutlery is not recycled. Recycling machines cannot easily sort the shapes, so they end up in landfills forever. Alternatives, reusable bamboo utensils, uh, buy and keep a cheap travel cutlery set that you can take with you wherever you go or bring your own from home. Now, I grew up in Hawaii, and I learned to use chopsticks, which are a great alternative to keep in your purse or bag. Plastic cups. Billions upon billions of plastic cups are used every year. They're lightweight and convenient. The foam cups, you know, made from polystyrene, they cannot be collected by most curbside recycling services. They often end up in the trash and landfills forever. Alternatives? Bring your own dang reusable cup, mug, bowl, horn, flask, mason jar, or smoothie jar. I mean, you be creative. You can also help encourage your favorite cafes and food retailers to switch to eco-friendly and compostable alternatives. They will listen if enough of you speak up. Plastic containers, while these were highly contestable a few years ago, now the polystyrene food containers are on their way out. <clears throat> with more and more states and territories bringing in laws to ban them. But single-use plastic containers are still common enough, and it takes critical mass action and pressure to make sure they go away. So do not be fooled again by the recycling symbols. Alternatives. Next time you order takeaway, choose cuisines like pizza or Mexican that don't often come in plastic containers and avoid pre-packaged meals. Make sure they don't use plastic wrap. Uh, most food outlets will put the food directly into your own reusable container if you ask them to. Um, some options for containers include glass containers, uh, stainless steel lunch boxes, uh, mason jars, porcelain um, bowls, rice bowls with lids. And you can also shop at bulk food stores and bring your own containers to fill. But if you're eating out, why not ask your favorite outlets to switch to compostable and eco-friendly alternatives? They will do it if enough of you speak up. Plastic plates. Plastic plates might be cheap and handy when hosting parties or at picnics or food courts, but once they're thrown away, yeah, they usually end up in landfills forever. Most recycling centers are unable to sort, uh, to sort these plates because of their shape. So alternatives are reusable plastic, glass or porcelain plates. 
Uh, there are even now palm leaf or bamboo pulp plates if you need disposable. So, you know, the unsustainable magazine adds the following alternatives to single-use plastic personal products. And I, I wanted to mention these as well. Storage containers like food storage. Plastic containers are not usually recyclable or compostable, and they can leach unhealthy chemicals into our stored foods. So instead, plastic-free silicon bags that are degradable after years of use and proper cleaning can be used. Uh, they should not be used for prolonged heating. They're good for dry and cold storage. Hands down, glass is the best material for storing food, cold or hot. Glass is an easy to recycle material. And glass recycling companies love having recycled glass in the composition of their new glass because it reduces the carbon footprint in making more glass. Recycled plastic can also be helpful because when you buy materials for storage or packing that are made from bona fide recycled plastic, you cut down on the amount of waste plastic in the, um, in the landfills and you contribute to lower carbon emissions. The beauty industry. This one is responsible for a meaningful part of the plastic pollution as many personal care and cosmetic products are packaged in these little plastic bottles, plastic tubes, plastic containers, yikes. However, in recent years, and due to the rising popularity of ethical and clean beauty, many companies are now switching to sustainable, recyclable alternatives to plastic. And the alternatives include shampoo and soap bars. These are solid uh, bars. And, the, you know, I tried the solid shampoo. It's more eco-friendly than liquid shampoo. And I got a thick head of curly hair. It doesn't require packaging. It can be shipped without the use of plastic bottles. It worked great. The conditioner bars worked great. It's a plastic-free alternative that lasts longer than regular bottled shampoo. Now, too, you can ask for refillable perfume and lotion bottles. Here, again, glass is a great alternative. And depending upon where you shop, retailers may allow you to refill your original bottle. Uh, wood stick cotton swabs for your ears if you use them, bamboo toothbrushes, stainless steel razors. Oh, please, not the budget pack of Gillette or Bic plastic razors. Those are horrific. Stainless steel razors. These items are inexpensive, popular, eco-friendly alternatives for single-use plastic. And they're a great way to reduce daily your impact on the environment. So kudos to you if you're already making a lot of these changes. Just wanted to throw out those ideas for you to think about how you can continue um, to de-plasticize your home. Here's a big deal, though. Cigarettes and commer commercial tobacco products. Um, cigarettes actually are the number one source of microplastic pollution on the planet today. Cigarette butts are made from microplastic called cellulose acetate. Microplastics are tiny enough to get into our food chain. Uh, they've been found in drinking water. They've been found in apples, broccoli, lettuce, seafood, and more. Studies have found microplastics in human lungs, blood, and stool, which means we're ingesting and breathing in these dangerous chemicals. So the best way to avoid these is to avoid smoking commercial cigarettes or other commercial tobacco products. If you do smoke, make sure you're using unfiltered products with no commercial butts, filters. 
And when used as a sacred plant, of course, tobacco is smoked in pipes or other methods that involve no plastics. I really appreciate these lists provided by organizations who specialize in reducing plastic pollution because it goes so far beyond the plastic bag. I mean, we all know about the tote alternatives because we've been doing it for years now. It's so 1980s, frankly, but essential. And these other products keep working their way into the supply streams unless we put up wards against them and find eco-friendly, cruelty-free, life-sustaining alternatives to use. I can honestly tell you that I've been on a quest for two years to deplasticize our home even more thoroughly than we have before, as much as possible, by replacing single-use plastics with any of these alternatives and all of them. And it's been easier and cheaper than I thought because I was convinced it was impossible to extricate myself from the plastic prison. But we're doing it and we can keep doing it. Switching gears now, here are six initiatives that really need your energy. A second principle in our religious system is beneficence, doing the greatest good. Having made choices to avoid doing harm through your personal choices, now you can enlarge your energy by supporting and advocating for these initiatives that are intended to do the greatest good for the greatest number of beings on the planet. Support plastic bans. The following countries now have bans on single-use plastic production, and these are countries taking action on plastic pollution. The World Economic Forum reported in October 2020, two years ago from the time of this first airing, that in 2019, at that time, 170 nations had pledged to significantly reduce use of plastic by 2030. And many have already started by proposing or imposing rules on certain single-use plastics. Countries involved include Canada, Kenya, Zimbabwe, the United Kingdom, the United States, the European Union, China, and India. Plastic bans are focused on eliminating all problematic and unnecessary plastic items, innovating to ensure the plastics we do produce are reusable, recyclable, or compostable, and circulate all current plastic products we have in the economy to keep them in the economy and out of the environment. These bans only happen with continued critical mass pressure. You have to use your consumer voice and your vote. Another initiative, and this is a game changer, extended producer responsibility called EPR. This is a policy approach that I hope is really gonna build traction. Faced with increasing amounts of waste, many governments have reviewed available policy options and they've concluded that placing the responsibility for the post-consumer phase of certain goods on the producers themselves is the option. In other words, make the polluters pay to clean up the waste they've started. So extended producer responsibility, EPR, it's a policy under which producers have the responsibility, financial and physical responsibility for the treatment or disposal of their post-consumer products. This approach gets all the fundamental issues of who's getting polluted, who is polluting, and he needs to frankly pay for the cleanup of their mess. It gets right to the heart of that. Another initiative happening all over the place is bioplastics development. 
this is a market boom that is about to happen. You just watch. The bioplastics market projections are that this industry will increase by 36% in the next five years globally. Driving the boom is the development of two main types of bioplastics. They're called PHAs and PLAs. Please don't ask me to go into the chemistry of these. I'm not a chemist. But these are both bio-based and biodegradable, featuring many physical and mechanical properties. So they have, there are many uses, and they're bio-based and they're biodegradable. But the bugs have not been sorted out yet. What landmass will be used to house this growing industry, for example? How will production of bioplastics affect the environment? Uh, what will be the carbon footprint? Because these plastics are not recyclable, how exactly will they be disposed of? And how will they not contaminate other plastic waste management efforts? So if you have like a bioplastic and you just clean it out and you chuck it in the recycle bin thinking, oh, it's recyclable. It's not, it's biodegradable, which means it can't go into the normal recycling chemical processes to break shit down. It needs to be put into a separate biodegrading process. And, and, and so that's what's being worked out right now. Another initiative is enzymatic recycling. This is a whole new recycling frontier. The process called enzymatic recycling basically uses enzymes that were initially produced by bacteria that break down plastics. Researchers have recently learned more about how these enzymes work and they are developing ways to employ them in commercial recycling programs. There's still a lot of challenges to tackle about the recycling process itself, which is in research and development, let alone how to keep plastics out of recycling in the first place and redirect plastic pollution to an altogether new method so watch for policies that will strive to regulate responsibly this new frontier of enzymatic recycling. There's a lot of green tech and plastic roads development going on. And, and I, I've got to say, I'm kind of jazzed by this. Um, a new development has, it's really got the green technology sector buzzing. Based on a pilot project in the Netherlands, these new plastic roads, they're made of plastic waste and they have several advantages. They're three times more durable than asphalt roads. They're 70% quicker to install than asphalt roads. They contain sensors that monitor the road's temperature, the performance of the road, and the traffic. They are made up of prefabricated sections, right? So they're cheaper to produce. They're light and easier to transport, so less carbon footprint. They're easier to assemble. And the roads themselves are hollow, so cables and utility pipes can fit inside. They drain off rainwater, and they are a great way to get rid of or to repurpose tons of plastic waste. So, you know, with so much infrastructure repair always being in big demand or always needing road repair, or highway, you know, watch out for initiatives that support plastic roads development near you. The Netherlands has really got some great prototypes for this, and you'll be hearing more about that. Finally, ocean cleanup. Um, in October 2022, the Columbia Climate School published a really great article about ocean cleanup efforts, and they talk about the five years 
which are these major coalescing swarms of plastic in the oceans. And then they also talk about the organizations and efforts who are trying to collect plastic from the oceans. Um, the great Pacific garbage patch that we've come to know, which is the largest year, it's located between Hawaii and California. It covers 1.6 million square kilometers, an area twice as big as Texas. Can't even fathom that. It's established that it contains 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic, weighing almost 90,000 tons. While there are many identifiable floating items in the GEAR, and these are macro plastics that we can see, such as, guess what? Cigarette butts, plastic bags, food containers, laundry baskets, plastic bottles, medical waste, fishing gear, and more. Most of the plastic is the size of pepper flakes or smaller, broken down by the sun and waves over the years. Get this, it doesn't dissolve or go away. It's broken down and becomes microplastic, right? Despite the fact that the majority of large plastic pieces are spread out across the vastness of the oceans, the rest may be too small to connect, collect, but there are a number of organizations who are attempting to clean up the oceans for, with the macroplastic pollution. And uh, the most high profile effort to clean up ocean plastic um, has been conducted by Ocean Cleanup. Uh, it's a Dutch nonprofit whose goal is to get rid of 90% of floating plastic pollution in the ocean, the macroplastic. Ocean cleanup has uh, you know, run into weather challenges naturally, um, and its ships are, are fueled by fossil fuels. So that's problematic. But it is one of the efforts trying weekly, every week, to keep at its mission to remove hundreds of thousands of plastic waste from the Pacific Jeer. Um, I would say if you want more information about all the cleanup efforts out there, check out the full article at um, https colon slash slash news.climate.edu slash a movement that can use our commitment. Our religious practice also teaches us, shows us, that great change manifested comes with great commitment. The greater an outcome we seek for the greater good, the more of a commitment will be asked of us. Hopefully, it is a sacrifice that we can endure and sustain. The climate crisis is not. The less we do, the more of a catastrophe the climate crisis will become. And Gaia will free herself, whether we like it or not, or whether we survive it or not. We have the time and the opportunity now to commit to cleaning up our mess, one brought about only by our addiction to convenience and disposability, and frankly, for simply not even noticing and for believing uh, lies that we've been told. And we can overcome this. And we can help Gaia to restore balance to living systems freed from plastic pollution. So if you take on this level of energy, you're adding to the hermetic energy of whatever spells you're putting out there, whatever focus you're throwing out there. And the climate crisis wages a new front in the war on plastics. So consider a report issued last fall by a group called Beyond Plastics. It's a great group. 
It's warning that the U.S. plastics industry contribution to climate change is on track to exceed that of coal-fired power in this country by 2030. And it cites the dozens of plastic plants that have recently opened or are under construction or are now in the permitting process. And if they become fully operational, these new plastic plants could release an additional 55 million tons of greenhouse gases, uh, which is the equivalent of another 27 average size coal plants. You know, plastics are the new coal is the saying. So as coal plants are shutting down, um, as oil is in, and gas are, are having to pivot to clean green energy, you know, um, this isn't flippant speech for sure, because the fossil fuel industry, while seeing a reduction in energy from coal, oil, gas, it has put into its business plan a strategy to pivot to increase plastics production as a way to stay prof profitable. So to understand this, I, I want to give you just a quick rundown of the life cycle of plastics. Take just a minute, but then you can sort of visualize it. So in order to make plastics, you first got to allow for fracking highly toxic process, very controversial, because it's required to extract fossil fuels. Second, pipelines are needed to transport the gas and oil to the third phase. And the third phase is what's called an ethane cracker plant. So an ethane cracker plant, that's where plastics as a material are born. You're taking the fossil fuels that come in and 75% of petrochemical production is for the manufacturing of more plastic. So you're adding tons of toxic chemicals. And there are several on the ground resistant movements right now, led by frontline communities who, yeah, usually low income people, often people of color who do not have a lot of financial leverage to fight keeping these cracker plants from moving into their home. And once the plastics are produced, they then enter supply chains and they become the plastic products we've been itemizing, plus so many more. And then because of the recycling uh, myth, um, they become permanent plastic pollution. And all of the plastic production we're talking about, not the bioplastics, but these traditional plastics created in an ethane cracker plant from fossil fuels, all of these and the single use plastics are derivatives. They are derivatives of the fossil fuel industry, which continues. I mean, they continue to dissemble, to lie, to avoid accountability and to halter any real progress toward breaking free from plastics, which is now their new profit base. So the same forces that do Malevolence to the earth are the same ones we have to keep warding against and we have to keep fighting against, literally, in the climate wars, in the eco wars today. Now, one commitment that's really easy to make, it's not a sacrifice at all, and it's well worth your energy, is the Break Free from Plastics movement, or BFFP, hashtag Break Free from Plastic. Hashtag Break Free from Plastic is the global movement working to achieve a future free from plastic pollution. Now more than 12,000 organizations and individuals around the world have come together to demand reductions in single-use plastics and to advocate for lasting solutions to the plastic pollution crisis. Uh, I love this movement. BFFP members work together to bring about systemic change. They're doing several things. They tackle plastic pollution across the whole value chain, from the extraction to the disposal. They focus on prevention rather than cure because they're trying to stop plastic from being produced. They're trying to get at the source of it. 
So they're not in the cleanup side as much as they are in the prevention of any further plastic development. And um, these uh, organizers represent millions of people on every continent and they're fighting petrochemicals. They're pushing for corporate accountability. They're promoting systemic solutions. They're building zero waste communities and they work to shift the narrative to change policy and to further build this movement. So that's what it's all about. This is your go-to action place, in my opinion. So just go to www.breakfreefromplastic.org slash take action and join. No money down. I get an email every month explaining to me the most recent victories, challenges, status, and new actions I can take. And I can review any of their current campaigns and support whichever one I feel moved to do, like plastics and climate or plastics and health, real solutions. You know, I mean, but that's me. You be, me, you, be you. I mean, go check them out and join. And it's significant because on March 2nd, 2022, the United Nations approved a landmark agreement to create the world's first ever global plastics pollution treaty. It was adopted upon the conclusion of the resumed fifth session of the United Nations Environmental Assembly. And it included a mandate titled End Plastic Pollution toward an internationally legally binding instrument. That sets the stage for governments to negotiate a comprehensive legally binding treaty that will cover measures along the entire life cycle of plastic. This mandate will serve to guide the development of the treaty itself. And that's going to be an international negotiating committee, which they call an INC. And that will be tasked with drafting by the end of 2024. So as countries are now entering the INC negotiation phase toward a global plastics treaty, there's going to need to be a lot of pressure from civil society, from all citizens, from all people of faith, from all people of conscience who give a damn, it will need our voices and pressure, pressure, pressure. It will be necessary to make sure that the ambition of this mandate is preserved and made tangible and real, that the process includes meaningful and diverse public participation. We don't want fossil fuel companies jumping on this stuff and leaving out frontline communities. We wanna make sure there's diverse public participation and that the resulting treaty creates more equitable systems to both prevent and stop plastic pollution. In addition to that landmark development, there is in play a landmark act in the works. It's called the Break Free from Plastics Pollution Act, and it's in the U.S. trying to get passed. It was set before Congress first in 2020 and again in 2021. Why this is so important is that this bill has a major extended producer responsibility. Remember the EPR thing where you're holding the producers of plastic responsible for cleaning up their pollution, taking responsibility for it, paying for it. It has a major EPR component, and that would be the first of its kind of legislation to hold producers of harmful plastics responsible for their pollution. 
These producers don't want you to hold them accountable. They want you to stay focused on all of your personal choices, to fret about whether you're using the right totes or the right straws or whether you've done enough this way. They want you to stay at that level. They don't want you spending your powerful energy warding against their ability to produce plastic and holding them accountable for the plastic pollution that they've created. And this is the third tier, the third level of energy building that you need to participate in if we're going to put up enough warding to stop this. So the bill reads in summary, uh, this bill sets forth requirements and incentives to reduce the production of a variety of products and materials, including plastics, and increases efforts to collect, recycle, compost products and materials. This bill makes certain producers of products, such as packaging, paper, single-use plastics, beverage containers, food service projects, financially responsible for collecting, managing, recycling, or composting the products after the consumer use is done. In addition, the bill establishes minimum percentages of products that must be reused, recycled, or composted. And it establishes an increasing percentage of recycled content that must be contained within beverage containers specifically. Beginning on January 1st, 2023, so that's like in a month, the bill phases out a variety of single-use products such as plastic utensils. The bill also sets forth provisions to encourage the reduction of single-use products, including establishing programs to refund consumers for returning containers, establishing a tax on carry-out bags and other polluting items. The bill creates a temporary moratorium on new or expanded permits for certain facilities that manufacture plastics until regulations are updated to address pollution from these facilities. So they can't get permitted. These ethane cracker plants will have to halt until there are better regulations updated to address the pollution from these facilities. The Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, must publish guidelines for a national standardized labeling system for recycling and composting receptacles. Producers must include labels on their products that are easy to read and indicate whether the products really are recyclable or whether they're compostable or reusable at all. And the EPA must also ensure that certain clothes washers have filtration units as required by this bill because a lot of plastic goes into clothing. Finally, the bill establishes limitations on the export of plastic waste to other countries, meaning we got to clean up our own crap and stop outsourcing it to some other country. So you can now urge your elected officials right now and other influencers to support the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act it would be another energetic level to add to your workings for Gaia in freeing her. It's a start. These are kickstarts to get this earth shot going because this is how we do it, do it. You know, you got to build up that energy with personal choices, add campaigns and initiatives and add legislative action and policy change to move the needle in the right direction toward an earth shot. Focus, apply, focus, commitment, send it out. Throw your love at it and put some real footwork under it and hope it comes back threefold for good.
That wraps up this installment of the Blue Marble Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you value what you heard here today, please share this information with others. New Blue Marble Podcasts air live on the third Friday of every month at 7 p.m. Central Time. And they are available for listening anytime after they air through our channel on Blog Talk Radio. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash CSNP. Search for Blue Marble with Ravishar Bear, and you will find the archive of these podcasts. Click on any you want to hear. You can also follow our podcasts on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash CSN podcasts. Finally, you can find a complete archive of hundreds of programs by all of our excellent podcasters at Circle Sanctuary by going to the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org and look under the CSNP tab. So until next time, this is your host, Char Bear, signing off. Thank you for all the good you do. Stay true and blue. And hey, I hope to see you in the green space. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>